You're listening to the weekly Parsha podcast recorded with Hashem's never-ending assistance in Ramon Beit Shemesh Israel 5769-2009. This week's Parsha is Parsha's Pinchas. I'd like to point out that there are three Parshas, three different sections or stories in the Torah that uh, they're connected to each other and they don't seem to have so much of a connection. Let's look at them. The first that we find is the story of the Benos Tzalafchad, the daughters of Tzalafchad. These were five daughters of a certain man. They had no brothers, and therefore it seemed at first that they would not inherit any piece of land in the land of Israel. They came to Moshe Rabbeinu, to Moses, and they said to him, It's not fair, why should we lose out in the land of Israel? And the Torah says that Moshe didn't have the answer for them. However, he went to God and he asked God what should be indeed the law. And God responded and said that indeed they're correct and they will inherit if there are no sons to inherit the land. So then the daughters will inherit the land in order that it be able to stay within this tribe. And that was their taina, that was what they claimed, these women. Now it's very interesting because when the Torah says who these women were, so it says they were the daughters of Tzalafchad, and then it goes back and it gives us their lineage all the way back to Yosef, to Joseph. So it's very interesting and the commentaries explain that what's the reason why the Torah did this? The answer is that the Torah wanted us to know that it wasn't just like these women wanted to have a piece of land, they didn't want to lose out on some inheritance, they had a monetary gain, that was what was in their mind. But rather, just like Yosef HaTzadik, Joseph, the great-great-great-grandfather, was somebody who, when he passed away, he asked his brothers to promise him that they would bring his bones to the land of Israel and bury him in the land of Israel. Yosef was somebody who loved the land of Israel. So too, his progeny, his great-great-great-granddaughters, they also had a tremendous love for the land of Israel. And they weren't just asking for this inheritance for selfish reasons and personal gain. No, they did it out of their great love for the land of Israel, which they inherited from their great-grandfather Yosef. That's the first parsha, the first section that we see. The next section that the Torah speaks about is that we find that God says to Moshe Rabbeinu that he should go up onto a certain mountain, and there he's going to look over on the entire land of Israel. He's not going to be able to enter the land of Israel. Moshe Rabbeinu sees that indeed, that he's not going to be able to succeed. All the prayers that he's offered in order to be able to enter the land of Israel have not been accepted. And therefore he says to God, if I'm not going to lead the Jewish people into the land of Israel, please, please appoint somebody else to lead the Jewish people, will help them, guide them, that they shouldn't be like sheep without a shepherd. So indeed, God responds to Moshe, to Moses, and he says to him, what you will do is you will appoint Yahushua, your faithful servant, He's the one that's going to lead the Jewish people from this day on. And that's what happens. Moshe goes and he appoints Yoshua and he places his hands upon his head, gives him smicha, and he says in front of the entire Jewish nation that this person, Yoshua, from the tribe of Ephraim, he's going to be the leader of the Jewish people. He's going to bring the Jewish people into the land of Israel. So these two stories don't seem to have too much of a connection. The story of the daughters of Tzalafchad asking for their inheritance. The story of Yoshua being appointed the leader. He's going to lead the Jewish people into Israel don't seem to have much of a connection. And certainly, if we look at the next parsha, the next section that we have in the Torah, so it speaks about the concept of the korbanos, but specifically the korbanos musaf. The korbanos musaf were special additional offerings. The word musaf means additional. They were special offerings that were offered in the temple or in the mishkan, the sanctuary, on special days like Shabbos, Rosh Chodesh, the different holidays, the festivals. So that's what the Torah continues to speak about. And interestingly, so first it speaks about the Tamid, the daily offering. 
And the commentaries explain that the reason that it first speaks about the daily offering, even though the main subject here is going to be the Musaf, the additional offering that's on special days, is because the Torah is about to say that the Musaf offering has to be offered between the two daily offerings. There was a daily offering that was given in the morning, and there was a daily offering that was brought in the afternoon. So the Musaf, the additional offering, was specifically brought in between these two offerings. So since we're going to say that the Musaf is going to be brought between these two, so we mention the daily offerings as well. But in any event, the entire parsha here, the entire section of the Torah, is really mainly dealing with the Korban Musaf, this additional offering. Now the question is, what is the connection between the daughters of Tzalafchad, the story of Yoshua being appointed, and the Korbanos Musaf, these additional offerings that were brought? Now before we answer these questions, I'd like to share with you a thought that's connected to what we're going to answer that Rav Moshe Feinstein brings down in his Sefer Darash Moshe. He points out that in regards to the Musaf, the additional offering that's brought on Shabbos, so the Torah tells us, Shnei Vasim Bnei you have to bring two sheep that are one year old. And he explains a few different explanations as to why we need specifically only two sheep. But one of the explanations is that it corresponds to Shamor and Zachor. We have a concept on Shabbos that we're supposed to keep the Shabbos and we're supposed to remember the Shabbos. We have a positive commandment and a negative commandment. There's a concept of doing this commandment of Shabbos, mitoch ahava, out of love, and mitoch yira, also out of fear. And the implication of the verse is that we need that these two should be similar. We need to have two sheep that are similar both in age, in size, etc. And the idea is that each one corresponds to a different aspect of the Shmir's Shabbos, the way we keep the Shabbos. One corresponds to the level of love that we show by keeping Shabbos, and the other one corresponds to the fear that we show of God by keeping Shabbos. And both of these are essential. That's why we need them both to be equal. And he says that many Jews came to the land of America many years ago, and while they kept the Shabbos, many times their children did not continue in their ways. And what was the reason why? He said that the reason was because they kept Shabbos out of fear. This was something that they had been raised on. They knew that this was something that was important. But they didn't do it out of Ahava. They didn't do it out of love. And they would come home every day at the end of the week, I'm sorry, and they would come home and they would say, oh, it's so hard to be a Jew because on Shabbos we can't work and I'm going to lose my job. But they wouldn't have that love. They would do it. They would keep the Shabbos, but they wouldn't have the love for the Shabbos and they didn't appreciate the fact per se that the Shabbos was indeed what gave them blessings throughout the entire week and actually was the source of the success that they experienced throughout the rest of their week. So the idea is that in order to give it over to our children or to have it completed for it to be perfect and properly balanced, we need to have both aspects when we're keeping the Shabbos and any mitzvah. When we're approaching spirituality, it always has to be with balance. We have to do it out of Ahava, with love, and we also have to do it out of Yira, with fear. And when we use the word fear, what it means is that we have to do it because we know it's the right thing to do. And we're fearful to do something, let's say, that would make Hashem upset because we love God so much that we don't want to do something that will make Him upset. So that's the fear that we have to have. Now let's put that thought on hold for a moment, and we're going to come back to it soon with Hashem's help. Now, there's a very interesting concept that not too many people know, and that is that we find that the tefillos, the different prayers that we say every single day, shacharis is the morning prayer, mincha, the afternoon prayer, arvis, the evening prayer, these correspond, and this is a Gemara in Brachos, and of Chavav, page 26, these each correspond to the different avos, the different forefathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Avraham was the one who was misakin. He established the concept of shacharis. Mincha was established by Yitzchak, and Arvis, the evening prayer, was established by Yaakov, Jacob. Now, 
what most people don't know is that we have the concept of Musaf. Musaf is something that's said on Shabbos. It's also said on Rosh Chodesh and on festivals. And this prayer actually corresponds to and was established by Yosef HaTzadik, Joseph. Now, if we look at what each of the forefathers represented, Avram, Yitzhak, Yaakov, and Yosef, what each of these people represented, there's a very interesting pattern that comes out that will help us understand the question that we asked previously. If we look at Avram Avinu, Abraham, he represents the concept of chesed. He was the one who was giving unabated kindness to whoever he saw. Everywhere he looked, he was trying to bring people closer to God. That was Avram Avinu. Yitzchak, on the other hand, Isaac, his concept was gevura. He was held back. He was a more reserved individual. And while it's true that he followed in the ways of Abraham, he also continued with chesed, with kindness. Nevertheless, his midah, his attribute, was one of gevura, of reservedness. Yaakov Avinu, Jacob, he was the balance between the two. He was teferis. He was the one who was able to balance chesed, doing kindness, and gevura, holding back. And Yosef HaTzadik, he was the perfection of that balance. And it was this balance that allowed him and helped him to be able to get through all of his trials and tribulations when he was sold by his brothers, when he went down, he became a slave, he was thrown into jail for a crime that he didn't commit. All the time he always, he always said, and he said later on, he said everything is from God. He saw everything as being from God because he was able to balance perhaps his emotion and his intellect, but on a higher level, his concept of chesed, his concept of kindness, and his concept of gvura, his concept of restraint. I believe that if we look at the Korbamus of this extra offering that corresponds to the concept of Yosef, we can actually see this idea, this concept of balance is actually contained within the, in the Korbamus of itself. As we mentioned before from Rabbi Moshe Feinstein, so we said that the Korbamus of the additional offering for Shabbos, the reason that there were two kvasim, there were two sheep, each one corresponded to a different aspect of Shmir's Shabbos, of keeping Shabbos. And they had to do with the fact that you have Ahava, you have a love for God, and you have a Yira, a fear of God. Those two aspects also correspond to Chesed, which is kindness, and Gevura, which is holding back. When someone is fearful, he holds back. When someone is loving, so he's open to completely give. But the art is in the balance. You have to have both concepts, and they have to play, each one has to play its role at the right time. So that was what Yosef represented. But additionally, what's very interesting is that the Korba Musaf, the additional offering itself, when was it brought? It was brought between the Tamet Shel Shachar, the morning offering, and the Tamet Shel Ben Arbaim, the afternoon offering. These two corresponded to Abraham and Isaac, respectively. And what that means is that Yosef, we see, is the balance between Abraham and Yitzchak. He represents the perfection of the balance of Yaakov. Abraham was Chesed. Yitzchak was Gevur. Avram represented kindness, Yitzhak represented restraint, and Yosef, who represents the balance between these two, so his korban is brought between these two korbanas to represent the fact that the Musaf korban itself represents this balance. Now with this understanding, a lot of other concepts come into place. Because Yosef Atzadik, we see that he went down before all the other brothers. He represented the person who was going to be the leader of the Jewish people as they entered into a new stage. And the obvious reason for this is that because when the Jewish people are entering into a new stage, a new place, so the balance is 
absolutely essential. The emotional balance, the balance between love and fear of God, the balance between emotion and intellect is absolutely essential when you're thrown into a new circumstance that you've never been in before. And that's why Yosef HaTzadik was the one who represented the balance and he was the one who was sent down before and he would lead the Jewish people as they came in and made this transition from being in the land of Israel to being in the land of Egypt. With this understanding, we also now understand the connection to the previous parsha. The previous section of the Torah spoke about the idea that Moshe Rabbeinu was preparing a certain Jew to lead the Jewish people as they were about to transition from the wilderness into the land of Israel. And who was that person? His name was Yehoshua. Yehoshua was from the tribe of Ephraim. It's no coincidence. He was from the tribe of Yosef. And Yehoshua represented this person who had that balance. He had that ability to be able to lead the Jewish people through their transition period because he descended from a Yosef, a Yosef HaTzadik, a righteous individual who understood the balance between emotions and intellect, between fear and love, and he knew how to use both of them in his service of God. And just to clarify for one moment, when I say the concept of balancing emotions and intellect, I would say that emotions correspond to ahava, to love. Because when we feel a certain emotion, when our emotions are played correctly, so to speak, so we have the ability to do things based on our emotions out of love. But the concept of fear corresponds to the intellect, because it's with our intellect that we can decide, you know, this is something that I have to do because it's the right thing to do. So the balance between love of God and fear of God is also the balance between doing things from emotion and doing things based on our intellect. Now let's come back to the previous parsha, which was the story of the Benos Tzalafchad, the daughters of Tzalafchad, who said that we too want to have an inheritance in the land. Our father had no sons. We don't want our father's name to be lost from his tribe. And when the Torah lists their lineage, the Torah brings it all the way back to Yosef. This teaches us two things. First, it teaches us that just like Yosef had a tremendous love for the land of Israel, he wanted to be buried only in Israel. So too these girls, they had a tremendous love for Israel, these women. But it also teaches us that just like Yosef had tzaddik, Joseph had a tremendous balance. He had an ava, a love, and a yira, and a fear. So to these women, they didn't just want this piece of land out of a desire for wealth and property, but rather they had a very balanced view of life. They wanted it perhaps for that as well. But they also wanted it because of their love. They had an ava and a yira. They had a balance that they inherited from their forefather Yosef. Now the message here is one that I believe I have brought across before, and I think it's one that we need to hear over and over again, but it's especially important that we realize that the balance that we need to have, we need to express, we need to show to our children a love for the mitzvos, a love, a fear as well. It's important that we do it because we know it's correct intellectually. It's also important that we do it out of emotion. We need to have both aspects, and we need to have them in balance, just like Yosef HaTzadik. We need to have that as well. And when we show that to ourselves, and we show that to our children, so this this will be something that they'll want to imitate. When we show that there's a joy and that there's a respect for what we're doing and that there's a significance to what we're doing. So that's something that is given over to our children. That's something that's given over to all those who see us and represents an example that others will want to follow. I want to bless you and me and all of us that Hashem should help us to have that balance, help us to see how important it is to have the love and to have the fear and to incorporate both of them into our lives and into our service of God. And in that way, I'm sure we'll see very soon the ultimate person who represents Yosef, that Mashiach ben Yosef, the one who's going to transition us into the phase of Mashiach. It should be speedily in our days.